This is episode number 229 with the world's number one coach and Tony Robbins speaker, Luke Wren. Welcome to the SOTA Process Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Evans, a high-performance mindset, life, and holistic health coach on a quest to help you find empowerment, break through comfort zones, and live your purpose. Every week, we bring to you a state-of-the-art person or idea that will help you to take massive action en route to your dreams. Thanks for tuning in today. Now let's define our greatness and be state-of-the-art. is going on Sotarians. Welcome back to the Sota Process Podcast. And in today's episode, I have a very special guest for you guys. I had the absolute honor of sitting down um, at 2am Perth time with Luke Wren, who's a speaker for Tony Robbins. And I first came across Luke um, back in January of this year, actually, when I attended Life Mastery, uh, which is one of Tony Robbins' events. Um, and that one was basically based around health and energy and vitality um, and learning how to pretty much get the most out of your life physically, mentally, and emotionally. Um, and Luke was one of the speakers there, and he was speaking on a number of different topics that were generally health-related, but I know that he also does a lot of personal development stuff too, and he's one of the top coaches in the world. Um, and that's why Tony has picked him to run a lot of his events, because the proof's in the pudding. Luke is a is a really inspirational guy. He has a wealth of knowledge, as you're going to find out in this episode too. And I'm really, really inspired by this one. I know that I've taken a lot of value uh, multiple times throughout the podcast. I even said to Luke that I need to go and re-listen to what he just said. So make sure you have um, a pen and paper for this one because you guys are going to want to take notes and I know you'll want to rewind certain parts of it as well as I definitely will be myself because there's a lot of value in this one. So I think the main things that Luke brings up in this episode that I found to be really powerful are the powerful questions that he asks himself as well as a lot of his clients and also just being authentically you. There was a lot of times in this episode where I asked Luke for what he would do in a certain situation with a client if they were struggling in a certain way. And his response was, you know, just teach them to be authentically themselves. So that's something that I found really powerful. And I know you guys will find that powerful too. Um, Luke's background, basically, he um, was a he was a security guard for Tony um, for about seven or eight years before he finally got picked to be um, a speaker for Tony. Essentially, he started his personal development journey when he was about 17. Um, I think in this podcast, he mentioned that he came across Tony's cassette tapes at a, gar- um, at a garage sale or something like that. And he just listened to that over and over and over again, read Tony's book, started his coaching business, started doing some public speaking, went to Tony's events and his life just transformed from there. And that's why I'm such a massive advocate of going to Tony events because they are life-changing. And even that's what Luke says in this episode is, he was kind of skeptical. He was like, oh, you know, just read the books, implement what he writes about in the books and that's all you need. But to be honest, going to the event is a very, very different experience and you take a lot more from that than what you do from the books. And I can speak from experience as well. That's definitely the case for me. So I highly encourage all of you to go to a Tony event and experience that for yourself so that you can check out more of that stuff. And you can even listen to Luke Wren as well. He'll be one of the speakers there and he'll be able to share his wealth of knowledge with you guys too. So if you do take some um, value from this episode, make sure you take a screenshot of it and post it on your Instagram story, tag myself and tag Luke as well. 
all the links to his handles and website and everything like that will be in the show notes below. Um, and go and give Luke a follow as well and even just hit him up with a message and tell him what your biggest takeaway from this um, episode was as well. So yeah, guys, like I said, you're going to take a lot of value from this one. This is quite easily, may, it might even be the best episode I've ever done. I don't know. It's hard to say that because we've had some really amazing guests on, but I can definitely, definitely say it's in the top five. So I know, like I said, I've taken a lot of value from it and you guys are too. So I'm going to hand it over now to the one and only Luke Wren. What is going on, Sotarians? Let me jump in here real quick as I have a question for you. How would you like to be mentored and coached by me and actually get paid to do it? Yes, you heard that right. I am looking for a small group of highly motivated individuals to build a team that wants to learn how to grow, break through their comfort zones, learn the art of building rapport, learn how to help others find empowerment and actually get paid to do so. If this sounds too good to be true, I can assure you it's not. I'm here to coach and mentor you and help you to live the life of your dreams. The path to your compelling future and financial freedom is only a short message away. So send me a message on Facebook or Instagram at Coach Tom Evans to get started. Just mention that you want to conquer your comfort zones and get paid to do so and we can get started. My links are in the show notes, guys. Spots are extremely limited, Soterians, so be sure to get in now. I'm looking forward to having you join this highly motivated team en route to our compelling future and financial freedom. Welcome back to the Soda Process podcast, everyone. I have one of Tony Robbins' coaches and speakers joining me today. So Luke Wren, thanks for taking some time out of your busy schedule to join me. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Tom. Glad to be here. Yeah, I'm super pumped about this one. And I was saying to Luke before the show, I first came across him at Life Mastery back in January of this year. Um, so as I've sort of already mentioned, you've done a lot of work with Tony Robbins from attending his courses back when you were younger and listening to his cassette tapes as well. I think I read somewhere um, to now having the opportunity to work alongside him, which is pretty cool. Um, must have been a dream come true in many ways as well. So let's start there and sort of what sort of first drew you into Tony's work? Was it more so that you had a chokehold in your life that you feel like you needed to overcome or were you thriving and just needed that extra step? What sort of drew you to Tony in the first place? Yeah, I'll give you the compressed version of how I ended up exposed to it. At 17, I was at a garage sale. I grew up in a small town of like three, three to 400 Howard Lake, Minnesota. And, um, and it was like, okay, you go to garage sales, right? There's not much to do in a town of three, 400. And, uh, I saw these cassette tapes that were personal power and it kind of dates me. Like some of you may not know what cassette tapes are. They were these little things with tape in them that we had to put in a Walkman. That was the size of your hand, not the size of your iPhone. And you had to flip the tape and you'd play things on them. And uh, they were still in the package. And I was like $25 for a garage sale. That's a lot of money. But I was like, okay, I'll buy these things. And I remember listening to it the first time I didn't put it down for three days. Like I just kept listening. I was just, I was just grabbed by what he said and his voice. And, and then from that point on, I was hooked on personal development, self-growth. And I just feel so blessed and grateful to be exposed to it at such a young age um, to know that, you know, if, if, if you want to go do something, you can go do it. You know, the only way to be reasonable was to be unreasonable. And it just gave me another gear at that age um, and another, another way of outlook at that age. And, and then for literally about every program, every audio Tony's ever created, 
And uh, I hadn't gone to an event. And in my late 20s, I was speaking to a uh, at a chamber event in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. And I had a chain of health clubs and weight loss centers. And, and um, it was just the health clubs and weight loss centers at the time. But I got done speaking and I'm taking pictures and talking to people. And there's about 50 people standing around after. And somebody said, well, if you got to Tony Robbins, you sound a little bit like Tony Robbins. You look a little bit like Tony Robbins. And I'm like, well, yeah, I've, I listened to Tony and Zig and Jim and Jim Rohn and, and Les Les Brown and Joel Olstein and all of them. Right. And cause it wasn't just Tony, Tony was always that base for me that it was something about his message that really resonated with me, but I listened to all of them and they go, have you ever gone to an event? I said, well, what kind of, what kind of dummy goes to the event, pays thousands of dollars, just read the book, implement, repeat, listen to the audio, implement, repeat. And then sometimes, you know, the dots connect and, and just throw you in a direction the next day, the literally the next day, I got a postcard, this gigantic postcard in the mailbox with this gigantic head on it, huge hands and huge teeth. And guess who it was? Tony Robbins, UPW is coming to Chicago. And I remember looking up at the sky and just going, okay, God, I get it. And I go in the house and I was like, sign me up. And they're like, who is this? And for what? I thought they like directly targeted me. And uh, somebody told them that I said, what kind of idiot would go to the live event? And uh, so I signed up for the event and that's back when UPW now that's, you know, 15 to 18,000 people. We were just like probably 2000 people at that time. And uh, I remember I got to the event five minutes in, um, not even sitting in the event yet, just feeling the energy of walking in the building. I was like, what kind of dummy waits a decade to go see his mentor? And uh, I remember I raced to the front, sat right behind his platinum partners in the seventh row. And, uh, you know, he said, right, proximity is power, right? Three people you want to meet and spend time with in, in, in the future. And he goes, think big, not small. And I remember I sat next to my friend, Travis, that went, that we just, that had just met. And he looks at my paper and he goes, well, shoot for the moon, Alice. And I said, he said to think big, he thought small. He still hasn't met two of his people. I put down Tony Robbins, Oprah Winfrey and Steve Wynn. And I met all three within 11 months. Um, so that was really, really the start of the journey. Yeah, that's incredible. And it's just like you said, the energy and the power and everything you feel. I mean, I haven't had the opportunity to go to a live event yet, but even just the the virtual events, I was quite surprised at how the energy really comes through the screen at you in those virtual events, especially Date with Destiny. I know there were times in that where I felt like a kid at Christmas again, like I was completely just overwhelmed with this joy. And then there are other times I was, you know, almost in tears and everything like that, which is just incredible how that can be expressed through a screen. You know, I can only imagine what it's like in person, but I guess where I want to sort of go with that is um, where in that journey did your coaching start to evolve and come into it? Is that something that you sort of saw from the start that you you knew you, you wanted to be a coach and you wanted to help people with their own personal development journeys or was it something that sort of evolved after you'd been through a lot of this Tony stuff? Yeah, great question. I mean, my passion for helping people came at the age of seven. The first seven years of my life, I watched my grandfather, Charles, um, struggle with cancer. And he was a very spiritual man. On the last week he, he was alive, he just squeezed my hand and he just said, Lucas, if you don't have your health, you don't have anything. And from that age, I mean, I remember at that age going out and buying a Jackal Lane um, body weight workout book and putting in Born in the USA cassette into the, again, the cassettes, right? Put the cassette and the tape player and working out at seven and just trying to tell everybody, like everybody in the family got sick of me because I was just like, you need to take care of your health. If you don't have your health, you don't have anything. And I just became passionate about helping people. And then that's what got me into, you know, I, I had my first job when I was 11 or seven mowing lawns and did multiple jobs throughout time. 
but I was always about health. At 13, I was driving 30 minutes one way to go to a health club because there wasn't many in our area. And I'd work out at 4.30 in the morning before school started and then drive another 30 minutes to school. And, and that was where the journey started. Now, because of that passion of health, I started um, sit, you know, personal training, sales, and management as, as, as a general manager of my first health club when I was 20 years old. By the time I was 26, I owned my first health club. Uh, by the time I was 28, I had three of them. And, and that passion, when I had the health clubs, um, I was a passionate idiot as far as business, right? But all I knew is from, from Tony's teachings is you get coaching. And so I went and hired the number one guy, Thomas Plummer, in the fitness space that advises URSA and the top organizations there. And then, um, you know, as I, as I went to that first event, I signed up for more events. I signed up for his Mastery University, his Life, Wealth, and Date with Destiny, and Business Mastery. And then when I had Business Mastery along with the coach I was, I finally became um, an educated business owner, right? I wasn't just a passionate fitness guy wanting to help people saying I didn't want to make money because the only reason you get into a business is to make money and sell. And some people have a hard time saying that like I did in the beginning and you find yourself not making much money. Um, but over time that grew. And then a lot of people started asking me like, how have you created this culture? Like, how are you getting 110 people to apply for a $7 an hour front desk job? Like, why are people talking about your leadership meetings? And I just brought all of that self-development. I had a 90 minute leadership meeting on Friday that people would fight to be in. And, um, and uh, we, we just applied the principles I'd learned over time and self-development to that. And that's where it started evolving into coaching and working more with businesses. And I was speaking to a lot of businesses and doing keynotes um, while I owned the health clubs and weight loss centers. And it, it just kept growing um, over time. Yeah, that's incredible. So I guess with that growth over time as well, has your mission changed at all over that time or has it still been the exact same as when you started day one? I mean, health and energy is, is my foundation. I mean, I believe energy is everything, right? If, if, if you have the energy, you have a thousand dreams. If you don't have it, you have one to get it back, right? So I just believe I, I just got done doing a keynote for a group here um, a couple hours ago and asking them, you know, how are you showing up zero to 10? And the majority of people said five. And then I said, well, zero to 10, where's your life at? If you were to blend up all the areas of your life, what's that number? And they said a six. And I said, well, that makes sense. If you show up as a five, don't expect a 10 life. And I think so much, so many times, especially in today's information-driven world that we get looking for the tool, the strategy, the thing, the achievement, the goal, the target so much that we forget that, you know, how are you showing up? Because you could have all the tools and strategies in the world. If you show up as a seven, you're not going to be utilizing your resources. You're not going to attract the energy of people that you want in life with, with, with a seven energy. You've got, to, you've got to show up as a 10, the best version of yourself, because as a seven, you're going to be influenced too much by the filters of the world, what other people think, comparison, looking at social media, all those different things. And so it's really about energy showing up as a 10. So that's still my foundation, no matter what. Like, even as I go into businesses now, my message is simple. I take the unbalanced entrepreneur that's making between one to five million generally, or, or if they're making over a quarter million or more in, in, in profit. And I help them through, through a five-step process that I have, find the rhythm. Because if they can get a rhythm to their life that now they're showing up as a 10, well, then we can take that into their business, into their home, 
into their friendships, into their relationships. And when you show up as a 10, everything's different. You're not being influenced by others. You're influencing the others around you. And because the most certain person in the room always wins and good luck being certain is a five, six or seven. And so then once we get through that and they're in their rhythm, it's easy to find momentum. Then we just ask great questions and cut through the bullshit and take the action they need in their life to keep taking their business to the next level. I don't pretend to know more than the business owners. They know their business better than I do. What I'm really good at is getting them in rhythm, taking them from an unbalanced situation, looking at the big picture through this five-step process and putting them in rhythm so we can catch momentum. And once we're in momentum, now we stay in it by facing the challenge every week, week over week, by just cutting through the noise and the bullshit or the softness and just going, what do we really need to do? What is the challenge that's going to move the needle the most? And then we do that week after week after week. And if people are consistent with that 52 weeks a year, you're on a completely different trajectory than what you were 12 months prior. Yeah, that's really, really interesting. And I know that even for myself, like looking at my date with destiny poster, health and energy is my number one value above everything else. And similar to what you were sort of saying there, if you don't have your health and you don't have your energy, then what do you have? And I know the reason I put that as my number one is because I feel like if I'm if I'm at a 10 or I'm at that really high level of energy, it allows me to do other things. But if I'm at, you know, a five or a four or something like that, I'm not going to have the drive. I'm not going to have the motivation. If I'm not in a healthy state, then that's where my focus is going to be. It's not going to be on the other things. And, you know, as you know, you know, where focus goes, energy flows, all of that sort of stuff. So where would you say is... Um, I guess probably the biggest chokehold or something that tends to draw people away from that tenant sap from that energy the most. Do you find that there's a particular area of people's lives that causes them to drop from a 10 to maybe a seven or below most consistently? Well, I think, I think for everybody, it, it can be different areas, but I find one that, you know, most people put last because of cultural beliefs, because of frameworks that were taught filters that were taught that everybody's like, Oh, if you take care of yourself, you're selfish. Right. And especially especially females are taught, you know, they're, they're natural nurturers. They want to take care of everybody else and they take care of themselves last. And so for me, I have a, I have a wheel of life, a model of a wheel of life that I use. And in the center of it, instead of just having pieces of the pie, I call it the cream filling is that self-love, that self-care stage. Because from what I found and what I experienced, I had this problem. I had to fix it myself before I could help others with it. And it's still something I have to be aware of in an ongoing basis is self-love and self-care because we can't give what we don't have. You know, you can't give energy from an empty tank. You can't give love from, from an empty tank. And yet so often it's, you know, like I was passionate early on about taking care of others, adding value to others, and you give and give and give and give. And if you didn't take care of yourself, eventually you were feeling burnt out. And I, I see it right now in leaders and achievers so much that it's easy to get so hard on yourself that this, they have such high expectations. They're not celebrating what they're doing right. I call it a five to one or better, where they celebrate five, what's going great, what's going incredible, what are the wins, what are the celebrations to one thing that they would like to improve, to wire the brain to see what's right, not wrong, what's positive, what, not what's negative, what's abundant, not scarce, over and over and over again. So your brain's trained that way because we've got to train our brain. It's a tool. Either we use it or it uses us. And, and the brain has, has programming that's outdated. The world is, is changing every year, right? Technology is doubling every six months. This is the slowest day of our life. Tomorrow is going to be faster. 
And people can argue with that or they can accept it and go, how do I pivot and adapt with it? And the key to that is, is we got to be able to have the energy. And the one area that I see, especially leaders, achievers, entrepreneurs, high-level executives, anybody really going after more in life is that a lot of times they let that tank get low. And if they don't really take care of the foundation of the self-love, the, the, the self-care, the, 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 the physical health, the emotional health, the spiritual health, what, what really recharges you and refuels you to be your best, if you don't do that, eventually you're going to run out of gas. And so in, in entrepreneurs, I see that a lot. And the difference, see, I could focus on a lot of things in somebody's business, but that's fixing the, 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 the symptom, not the cause. Does that make sense? If I can go after the cause, the cause is how do I get them to show up in their life fully more as them? And if they come into their business as a 10, it's a completely different business than them coming in worn out as a six. And so I focus more on the self-love, the self-care, that foundation, and get them in that personal rhythm that then they have the energy, the confidence, and the certainty to make more decisions. Because we know that successful people, they don't make better decisions. They're not right more often. They just have the wherewithal to make decisions quickly and stick to them. And, and people unsuccessful in area of life make decisions slowly and waver from them. So by getting somebody more confident, more resolved, more, more, more posture in themselves, in energy, in health, in self-love, in self-care, and self-belief, and giving themselves grace to go, you're a leader and achiever, celebrate what's right. Getting that five to one built, then that allows, once that's better, the energy, all the other eight pieces of the pie are influenced dramatically by that energy, it feeds it out. That's why I call it the cream filling. It's the lifeblood of the circle is how do you feel? If you feel like a seven, it doesn't matter what else is going on in life. Your life's going to be a seven. And so we fix that. We find their rhythm. We find the rhythm that's right for them. You know, I, I'm very against using the word balance. I think balance is very boring. I think it's an overused word. I've, I, I dislike it very much because you keep hearing people, oh, time management, balance. Well, I got a different rhythm than most people. If you if you ask me to take on somebody else's rhythm, like my mom will still ask me this day, like, Lucas, I see how hard you work. And I think you'd just be so much happier with a nine to five job. And I'm like, mom, I know a lot of people with nine to five jobs and they're not any happier than me. This is the rhythm I like to operate at, right? So, so many times we have other people want to put their stipulations on what our rhythm should be. So I ask people good questions and we take a look at their circle of life and we do a life vision process and we go, what is... What is the right rhythm for you? What do you want your rhythm to be? Let's choose that. Let's find that. Let's catch that. Let's go into momentum. Let's cut through the bullshit and get you the results you're after. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I guess it always just comes down to gaining clarity at the end of the day. Like you said, you take them through that process and you're really helping them to set the intention and get clear on what it is they want. So for someone that might not be in a state where their self-care is as good as what they would want. How do you sort of help them to improve that, especially in the health um, side of things? Are you more so getting people to focus on their nutrition and maybe like a meditation and some visualization techniques, um, you know, breath work? Is that sort of the stuff you're doing or what's like for someone struggling with health, how do you go about helping them there? Yeah, it's, it's more of a question to find out where they're at. Because a lot of times as leaders and achievers, we can think we're, we're behind, we're not where we want to be in our health and our finances and our relationships or any other area of life. Work, I thought I'd be making more money than this. Or, and if we make where we're at wrong, 
it's pretty tough to take the first step. So many people are really good at, you know, at the beginning of the year, most people set goals for the beginning of the year, but the majority of people don't hit their goals because they're really good at going, oh, here's what I want, but they're not really good at going, where am I at? And it's just like, if you were to board a plane, if I want to take a plane here out of Sarasota, I got to go, okay, I want to fly from SRQ airport. And even that's not enough. If I, if I go, okay, well, I want to, I want, I want to fly to LA and okay, great. I'm, I'm going to land in LA. Well, what airport in LA? Well, okay, I'm flying out of Sarasota, but what airline, what gate, what time? Like, we've got to get the clarity of where we're at, whether we like it or not, because that does two things. It gives you the clarity to find the first step, because all you got to do is take it one step at a time, not stare at the end target and wonder how you're going to get there. But also number two is by getting clear where you're at, if it's not where you want to be, it draws up the emotion to create the burning desire inside of you to go, things got to change. And if it's like the late, great Jim Rohn, Tony's mentor. If, if, if we want things to change, we got to change. If things if we want things to get better, we got to get better. Don't wish it were easier, wish you were better. And if you do that, well, now it becomes pretty easy because it's one step at a time, right? Because I think so often we think, oh, well, here's what I want. Here's what I want. Just, just the secret. Think about it and show up. No, you still got to get clear. And you got to know where you want to go. And you got to drop that emotion. And the more clarity you have, the clarity is the ultimate power. So I ask them where they're at. And then I look at look for the things that would be simple to change and make the largest difference. Not change everything, not radically go uproot. It's like, what are the one to three things? Or if it's just one thing, great, this week, what's the one thing if we make, if we make a change has the largest impact? And then we focus on growth every single week. Progress, not perfection. So many people, I think, when they want to grow in an area, they try and change everything. And that would be like a race car coming in for a pit stop and they make 10 adjustments. They don't know which one worked, but so many people do that in life and they over, they overcorrect their life, you know, and then they go, Oh, well, I tried this. I tried that. Well, the problem is you're trying everything instead of doing something. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I really, really love that answer. And it's just, um, yeah, I think I'm going to definitely go back and re-listen to that one again, because I think I'll take a lot more value from that. The more I listen to that and everyone listening to rewind that bit and listen to that again, because that was really good. So um, another topic I wanted to touch on as well was leadership. And I know Tony always talks about how the world is craving for more leaders and better leaders as well. So um, I guess with the coaching you do, how would you coach someone that knows that leadership is a really important quality to them and they want to become a leader. How do you help them to do so? Well, I'd say just be a leader. And what a leader is, is just be you. You know, the, I think the thing that's rare in the world is everybody's adjusting to everybody else. Everybody's worried about what does this person think? They're scrolling Instagram or Facebook going, everybody's healthier, happier, and richer than me. And it's creating anxiety and fear and depression more than we've ever had, especially when you stack on a COVID times of 18 to 24 months of world shutdown and all people have is their electronics and they're looking at, Oh gosh, what I don't, you know, they get, they get, there's so much stimulus that we could be focused on anything other than what we really control. Like, please, I hope everybody doesn't take this right, but let's, let's get back to a world of focusing on our world, not the world, our world. Number one, how are you write these questions down? How are you showing up? How are you showing up? You cannot lead anybody till you lead yourself. Mm, I love that. I mean, people need to hear that. You, until you lead yourself, 
How can you expect to lead somebody else? You cannot go to a seminar and go, I'm a leader. How you're a leader is you unapologetically, authentically show up as yourself and you live life fully. You, 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 you love completely, you lead authentically and you have the courage to get vulnerable and go after what you want in life. It's four questions I ask myself every day. Did I live life fully? Did I love completely? Did I lead authentically? And did I have the courage to get vulnerable? Because all too often, I've done the first three really well, but then I didn't have the courage to make tough decisions. Because believe me, there's different level of decisions in different areas of your life that the one thing that will hold us back in that spot, the one thing that will hold you in a career you don't like, a, a relationship that isn't working in, in, in the same place for far too long in any area of life, fear. Fear. And our world is at an all-time of high of fear. And fear divides. And that's why you see people fighting. That's why you see families literally having, having battles because of different beliefs on politics. The politicians are not going to change the world. They've all been there. They've all been there forever. What's going to change the world is people getting in their hearts, living fully, leading, you know, loving completely and leading authentically, and have the courage to get vulnerable about what they really want out of life, what's really bothering them in life, what they need to face in life what they're afraid of, what their fears are. Because if we all focus on our world, you know, it's not, you know, some people go, oh, that's kind of selfish. No, that's thinking the world revolves around you. <laughs> that's selfish. I'm not saying the world revolves around you. I'm saying focus on yourself first. Then focus on the three to five people closest to you. Then focus on giving back to your community. And if most people just focus on that, if everybody did that today, we'd solve a lot of problems in the next 30 days globally. But it's real easy for the majority of people to just blame this, blame that, talk about this, talk about that, and do nothing themselves. Mm. You know, blame, shame, and complain will, will allow and excuse you in your mind from doing anything, but it certainly won't give you the life you're after. So I think the most important thing in leadership is to ask ourselves, how are we showing up? How are we showing up? How could we show up better? How could, how could we, how could we, you know, do more, become more, give more, serve more? Because I'll, I, I believe you'll always do more for others than you ever do for yourself. People ask me, they're like, Luke, how can you do seven days on stage? I'm like, I'm not focused on me. You know, I get present with the audience. I learned that from Tony. How does Tony do it? That's what he does. He pours into others. That's what's built his muscle over time. And I think the, the key to leadership is not worrying about what people think. The people that change the face of the earth, you know, you think of the people that really changed the trajectory of the way we live. They weren't popular right away, but they were real. They were authentic. They stayed true to them. And I think that's a rarity in the world right now of people being authentically and unapologetically. Don't apologize for being you. Uh, people always ask me, what, what is greatness? And I said, greatness is being you. Being present in your moment, living from your heart and authentically being you, not allowing the world or the programming or the rules that you've learned over time confine you to what you truly believe and feel in your heart. Yeah, man, that's just 
again, a mind-blowing answer. And I really, really love everything you've said there, especially about focusing on yourself first. And that's something I always tell a lot of my clients as well is, you know, make sure you're investing in yourself. You know, obviously it's good to invest in other people as well and try and help them out as much as you can. But, you know, investing in yourself is one of the best investments you'll ever make. So something you touched on there as well was fear. And that's obviously something that, you know, probably is the main thing that holds a lot of us back, regardless of the type of mask that fear is wearing, whether it be limiting beliefs and things like that. So, how do you help someone that's really struggling with fear of, you know, a particular thing that's holding them back from achieving their goals and dreams? Is there a particular framework or something you would do to help someone in that situation? Well, usually, usually, um, you know, there's a couple of different things, but usually it's, it's, I, I, I seek to understand. I ask, I ask questions of, okay, so tell me what the fear is and is it real? You know, because a lot of times 99% of what we worry about never happens. Right. Think about think about the last 10 things you were really worried about and how many of them really happened. Yeah, that's true, isn't so, it? You know, fear, fear, I think, can be a powerful thing. Um, I, I hope everybody out there has some level of fear right now um, because either you use it or it uses you. Because fear can create an energy about it and, and it's, you know, are you willing to have the courage to face that fear? Are you willing to, like, when, when you become fearful, even in a life-threatening situation, your blood pressure rises, your heart starts racing, you know, you, 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 you probably start to sweat. That's your body gearing you up to do more than usual, right? But some people go, oh, you know, like, oh, that's anxiety or, oh, I'm scared. Or, you know, it's all the meaning we attach to it. But really, when, when a fear comes up, you just seek to understand it. And because the more we run from it, the more we resist it, the more it persists, right? But if we can learn to dance with fear, if we can learn to utilize fear, if we can learn to laugh in the face of fear, we can deal with it better, not make fear this big, scary thing, but going, how do we utilize it? How do we investigate it? You know, it, number one is, is, what I'm, is what I'm afraid of really, really true? Well, no, it's not. Well, how do I know it's not? And we can question it and knock the belief out of whatever we're fearing and go, okay, so what is the truth? Okay, well, if I go for this and it doesn't work out, I'll just go for something else. And if it doesn't work out, I'll just go again. But so many people don't go after their dreams in life because they're going, oh my gosh, but what if I go for it and I fail? The fear of failure. We all have had it, myself included. Not speaking from perfection, speaking from experience. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and really, at the end of the day, if you go for something and it doesn't work out, what do you do? You just go again. And when you say it that way, you go, oh, gone after it wouldn't be that bad. People go, but what if I lose everything? And I just asked my mastermind this. I said, what is everything to you? Because mm -hmm. twice in my life, I lost financially everything. And three months following, it was the most exciting time of my life. Because for me, it's never been about the money. It's been about the growth. Because Jim Rohn used to always use the analogy. He said, you can have a briefcase of a million dollars or a briefcase of the skills to go make a million dollars. Which briefcase would you take? Yeah, I'm taking the skills every day. Because you can do it over and over and over again. And so I think we we create this, this, uh, this fear, this scarcity and this this 
this false belief that fear is a bad thing. But if you think of the times you're most alive in life, it's when you face the fear. Because mm. fear yeah. is going to be there. But how do we how do we begin to just seek to understand it, learn to dance with it, learn to have fun with it, and step into it? And in order to step into it, I think why a lot of people struggle. It's like the, I was on with the leaders and achievers this afternoon, a good group of people, and they were showing up as fives. And if we show up as a five, we're not going to have the level of certainty we need to to face our fears. We're not going to have the confidence to lean into fear. We're not going to have the energy to deal with what we need to deal with and stepping into a big fear in our lives. But if we can just realize everything lies inside of catching our authentic rhythm and building us, taking care of us, so then we can go do more, become more, give more, and serve more to the world. Well, fear is a different animal out of 10. I said, another question I asked him today is I said, what happens to problems? When you're a five, do problems seem big or small? Everybody gonna, said big. Yeah, pretty big, yeah. And I said, well, what happens when you show up as a 10? Do the problems get larger or smaller? And everybody answered smaller. So the key to fear isn't going, oh, let's run from the fear. Let's avoid fear. That'd be a pretty boring life. I mean, why do we dress up on Halloween? Because we love a little bit of fun fear, right? The, the thing is, is what we really need to do is go, how, how can I show up more so when fear comes, I'm ready? When fear comes, I understand it. When fear comes, I start to dance with it, not run from it. And that comes from us being fine, discovering and developing and finding our rhythm, singing our song, not somebody else's, writing, writing, writing our words, not somebody else's, and staying out of the comparison. In today's world, so many people are unhappy because they're comparing to other people. So I think it's, it's not what other people have a fear. It's I think we show up as ourselves. We're more ready to have the courage to step into it. Because if I look at the times in life that I faced my fears, I was, I was, I was living life fully and I, I was fully showing up as a 10. The times that I've ran from them or hesitated or didn't take the action, I was, I was showing up less than a 10. Because, you know, Tony talks about that. The most certain person in the room out influences everybody else. And when you can show up with absolute certainty of going, you know what, even if it doesn't work out, I'll find a way. And simple affirmations that you can build on a daily basis of getting clear on who you are, what you're about, what your vision is, and why it's important to you. And mm. it's so important to know that identity. Because the strongest force in human psychology is remaining consistent with that. But most people haven't done the work to build their identity. It, none of this is complicated. And it's all been said before. But people, as as we as we go, we think there's going to be some secret sauce, some magic pill, and I'm I'm just here to tell everybody, like if you want to, if you want to truly be a leader, if you truly want a magical life, nobody's coming to rescue you, nobody's coming to get you. This is a you thing. This is the time to bet on you, double down on you, believe in you, go after what matters to you, fully, and just watch what it attracts in your life. When you light yourself on fire, people come watch you burn. And you lock arms with the people that fan the flames and pour lighter fluid on you. You run from the people with the with the hose or the fire truck. Yeah, that's incredible. I love that answer again, man. And that's just, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to have to, like, like I said, re-listen to all of this stuff because it's been super, super powerful. And I think 
a common theme that's been coming up across all of your answers so far is the powerful questions. So you're always talking about how it's either for yourself or for people you're coaching, asking powerful questions. And I know, again, that's a technique um, and a process I've gone through. I think it might have been in Date with Destiny with Tony. So talk to me about the importance of asking yourself powerful questions. What's the impact that they've had on your life personally? Yeah, I, I think I think coming up with good questions is some of the best ways we can learn, right? If it ends with a period, we question, you know, if, if it ends with a period, we're saying something. And when we when we end something with a question mark, it gets us to think. And I think in a world that's going faster and faster, it's more important to have some think time mm. instead of just do, 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 be, 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 and every, you know, get on the busy bus with everybody else. So I'm working eight hours, I'm working 10, I'm working 12, I'm working 14. I'm working 16. Well, I don't sleep. Like we're in a world that brags about busyness versus outcomes or production. And, um, you know, and I, I was on that train for a long time. So I can tell you, it's not as enjoyable as just focusing on what are the outcomes, what really matters. And I would say there's no wrong question. I mean, the thing I've learned about questions is I don't think I can give you the secret question. The thing I would say is, how different would your life be 12 years or 12 months from now, especially 12 years from now, but 12 months from now, if you just started asking yourself more questions, if instead of just going off the programming you currently have, what happens if you question your current beliefs and if they're still good for you right now, which ones might be outdated, which ones might you need to unlearn to learn some new ones? You know, if, and, and just start asking yourself questions and we get better at it along the way. But like you tell yourself, I could lose everything. Okay, what is everything? Well, I'm so afraid of this. Why am I afraid of it? Like anything that's, that's getting a rise out of you, turning it into a question puts it in perspective and gets you to ponder. Like people always ask me, they go, Luke, well, how do you meet these people? Like, what do you say? Because I've been very blessed to be around an incredible network of people. But that's because I live from my heart. And people feel that. And I really believe that that presence is the thing that really draws people to me. But when I get around the people, I don't worry about what to say. I just ask questions. Because I, I, I always tell people I'm, I'm, I'm curiously stupid. When I go into companies, I don't, I don't know what, what they need to do. I just get curiously stupid until I find the simple answer. Because if we learn to ask questions, the answer is simple, not hard. It's simple, not complicated. And oftentimes people want to complicate things, but if you really break it down and just keep asking questions, um, you break everything down to a simple step. And then you just take it step by step, day by day, year by year. And, and so I would encourage everybody, just start asking yourself more questions. Set aside, you know, Keith Cunningham first got me going on this. Um, you know, set aside think time and just put aside, you know, whether it's 60, 90 minutes or two hours. Um, and go, what, what are a couple of really good questions that I should try and answer? And uh, I, I believe that's how we get better at asking it. Instead of me saying, hey, here's the magic question. I think the number one question I think people should ask is, how am I showing up? Mm. Because anything less than showing up as you fully, you're, you're not honoring your creator, right? You were put here and we're here for a very small time. We're here for a very short time. You know, I had friends that were taken far too early in life. People that, I mean, I remember I had a friend that was 26 
His wife was pregnant. He's running on a treadmill at 26 years old. They're in the middle of building their, their first house. His wife's six months pregnant. And he has arrhythmia in his heart. And they didn't have AEDs out at that time. He had a heart attack on a treadmill. 6'2", perfectly fit. Guy that walked in and lit up every room. Please hear me. Tomorrow's not guaranteed. You don't have tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. And I think the more that we respect that, the more we'll be ourselves unapologetically and authentically now. Like, don't wait to be you. Why? Because somebody might not like you. Well, maybe that's a sign they shouldn't be in your life. Because somebody might disagree with you. Somebody might post something on your social media. So what? Bet on you. Do you. Believe in you. Because how can we expect anybody else to, if we're not willing to bet and believe on ourselves, how can we, oftentimes I think people look so much, well, you don't believe in me. Well, do you? Let's not look for others. Let's look inside. And so that's where I think the number one question would be is, how am I showing up? Just show up as you. But when it comes to questions, the, the more you start asking them, the better you get at it. It's like anything else. You know, be willing to suck in the beginning. You know, somebody says, oh, the only, you know, it's only worth doing it. We're doing well. Well, I disagree because most things I started doing, I sucked at the beginning. <laughs> I, was, I was pretty shitty at everything I'm good at now at some point in time. And just start asking yourself questions and show up as you and, and be fine not, not having all the answers. I don't pretend to have them. I don't think anybody does. But I think the more we're on that discovery, that journey, and, and just living ourselves, we figure more things out. Yeah, that's really, really powerful. And I think that's, again, for everyone listening, probably my biggest takeaway so far is just those powerful questions. And like you said, showing up authentically as you and trying to figure out if there is something that isn't working, break it down, reverse engineer it, ask yourself those questions, why? Um, and that's really how you can debunk any, I guess, uh, situations in your life where you're not striving and you're not thriving as much as you'd like. So that kind of leads into another topic I wanted to touch on as well, as we sort of spoke a little bit about beforehand on network marketing too, because I know that's a business that you and I are both a part of. You've been in it a lot longer than I have. Um, and it's something that I personally believe is the future, especially from the books that I've read, um, a few different mentors and stuff that I've spoken to. So talk to me about your thoughts on network marketing and why you believe it is such a good business to be a part of. Well, I think it allows people to have their own business, their own opportunity without a lot of the headache, without a lot of the risk, without a lot of the stress. And, um, you know, I think there's some myths out there about it too, that, oh, it's easy. No, if it's easy, everybody would do it. Right. But is it highly leveraged that anyone, what I love about network marketing is anyone that's hungry, willing to do the work and coachable can start off for literally nothing and build a multi-million dollar organization. There's no other opportunity that's more scalable than being with a rock solid network marketing company with products you believe in. And, and uh, you know, because the company, you know, makes the product, quality controls the product, ships the product, does everything. And in network marketing, you get paid to share the product or the opportunity with others. That's it. And, and you get to grow, it grows as you grow. I think it's the best self-development uh, tool on the planet because the measuring stick is your paycheck. 
because there's a lot of people that do self-development, self-growth and, and say, well, oh yeah, I, I went to this event. I went to that event. Great. What'd you do? But along the journey of network marketing, you know, and I've coached seven and eight figure earners in network marketing and many of them are my friends as well. Um, I have many friends in network marketing. Um, I'm in network marketing and I'm excited. I'm launching some new things here in network marketing over the next couple of months as well. The, the thing about network marketing is that you need to, you need to do the work and you're willing to do one to two years, you're willing to do short term, you're going to make less money than you're worth. But then you're going to be for, for a short while after that, you're going to make the money you are worth. But if you keep doing the work, the time leverage of building a team and scaling a team and scaling a business in a proven system that's already been there for years and years, well, now you're going to get paid more than you're worth for a lifetime. And it's not passive. You know, there's nothing, I, I've never found an income to be, people say passive income. Uh, there's, there's nothing I've ever found that you can do nothing and get paid for it. But it's heavily leveraged. It's like pushing a merry-go-round. At the beginning, it's going to be hard. Merry-go-round full of kids, you're pushing, you're pushing, you're pushing. Then you get it moving. And then you get to go like this. And that's kind of like network marketing because the systems, the tools, and the products, services are already there for you. But what you got to do is you got to be willing to go out and share your story. You got to be willing to go out and share the product, share the opportunity. And if somebody can do that and realize that, you know, the majority of people are going to say no initially, but not no forever. And uh, once, once you stick to that, I, I think it's one of the most underrated opportunities on the planet Earth. And I think people are open to it now. I think people are coming to it now. I think we're in fall where the leaves are falling off the trees. And I think that as we come into winter, there's going to be a lot of people going, give me an opportunity. Hmm. And I think, you know, one of the greatest network marketing, some of the greatest network marketing companies out there are the health companies, because I don't know if you noticed last 24 months, people have been recognizing that your health is a pretty important thing. And people are more willing to invest in their health now than ever. And there's a huge opportunity for those that want to go take it. Yeah, definitely. So for someone that, and this will be a pretty broad question too, but for someone that's just starting out in network marketing, what would you say are sort of your top pieces of advice to help them? Obviously, you know, understanding that it is going to be a journey and it's not just a get rich quick sort of thing. And, it's, you know, you're not going to be a millionaire after a year in the business and that sort of thing. But what would you say are your top tips for someone who's just starting out in network marketing? Number one, make sure you develop these three things. A burning desire why, why you're in it. I think it's, it's so important to know why, why we're doing something. If you can't answer that, switch what you're doing. You know, what is your burning desire? Why do you really want whatever you're after? And number two, are you willing to work? I think there's so much opportunity in network marketing, but people expect it or people have told them it's easy. Well, it's simple. Life is simple. Success is simple, but it's not easy. What's easy to do is easy not to do. Are you willing to do the work? Second one. And third one, are you coachable? Because the great thing about network marketing is it's already working for thousands of others. So you can't come to me and, and you always hear it network marketing. It's not working. And I love it when people come. And I'm just like, it's not working. I think you're not working because it's working for him, for her, for them, today. <laughs> how many thousands of other people you want to show me it's working for? You're not working. And so if you can, if you really have a burning desire, you're willing to do the work and you're coachable, 
you get with a rock solid multi-billion dollar network marketing company that has been established for more than a decade minimum, you, you can create whatever level of income you want. You got to pick a product you believe in and you, you got to go after it. You got to be willing to do the work. And here's, here's the thing. You got to be fine with the temporary disapproval of those closest to you for a short time. I remember when I was doing voluntary security for Tony Robbins for seven years, everybody in my life was like, are you kidding me? You know what your time is worth? You're volunteering 120 days a year. And they told me how, how, how crazy I was. But now that I speak for them and run programs with them, they tell me how lucky I am. You'll always be crazy till you're right. And so you got to be fine with that temporary disapproval and not just do some, you're not doing it because of others, you're doing it for you. And, and then the other thing is you, you realize you get paid for the nose. And any opportunity in life, you get paid for the nose because most people get crushed by a no, somebody wasn't interested, somebody, you know, and, and right away, you're going to talk to 10 and get one. And Jim Rohn, Jim Rohn has an incredible audio, building your network marketing business. And you're going to talk, talk to 10 and get two. Well, why would I get two? You're getting better. And then you're going to talk to 10 and get three. And if, if you can bat three out of 10, you're a Hall of Fame baseball player. You don't need much more than three out of 10. And here's, here's the other thing. It's no for now, not no forever. The healthier you get, the more successful you become, the no's become yeses. Everybody starts off as a skeptic, but if you never give up on your dreams, if you don't compromise who you are, they'll all become a believer in the end. Something I tell myself every day because I had people doubt me at different points of life, but if you, it doesn't matter what is your belief. What is your belief? Because the more the healthier you get, the more successful you become. The no's become yeses. The no's become yeses. And the people that were questioning become believers. And so I, I think it's just the thing that you got to have an uncompromising belief that you're going to go for it and not compare yourself to others. In network marketing, a lot of people go, oh, this person did it in this time and this time. What you got to do is focus on the fundamentals. You got to do about three to five things 10,000 times. Share your product story, share your opportunity story get on your training calls and opportunity calls and follow up fortunes in the follow-up step five, repeat that 10,000 times and you'll have whatever level of income you want. Yeah, that's awesome. And you know, it's funny you say 10,000 times, that's like the 10,000 hour rule, right? To master anything. So just, yeah. And that's the cool thing that I like about network marketing is that it is simple to that extent in that, you know, there's the process, there's the formula, and the more you just repeat it, the more successful you're going to become. And I know even from my short time in network marketing, it's something that, you know, I've just been repeating a process and it's been working. So it's replicatable. And, you know, like you said, two people say, oh, you know, it's, it's not working, but there's thousands and thousands of people across multiple different companies that have made it work and are continuing to make it work. So at the end of the day, it's, you almost need to reflect back on yourself and be like, well, is it me that's not working? Like you said, which I think is really cool. So just getting into well, the final a polite way to do that too, Tom, a, a very polite way. I did this um, at a training I did for, for a company is they were all saying it, 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 it. I'm like, what is it? Tell me what it is. Cause I don't know what it is. And then they finally got to it and they go, Oh, it's me. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? And it's just, um, yeah, like 
you are your best resource when it comes to network marketing. So, you know, if you're investing in yourself and improving yourself daily, then that's what's going to move the needle the most, I think. So, yeah, just and getting one, into... One other thing sorry. I'd add that popped in my head there is say less to more people. Yeah. Say less to more people and write this down. You can't say the right thing to the wrong person and you can't say the wrong thing to the right person. Just keep going through the numbers. Yeah. Say less to more. Yeah, love that. So... Yeah, getting into the final couple of questions now as well. Um, I know this one might be a bit hard to answer because you've probably had multiple experiences, but um, what would you say is the best advice you've ever received from the big man, Tony? Oh, that's a really good question. Be present, be you. Love it. Yeah, simple, effective. Yeah, and I think that's you know at the at the core of everything he teaches. That's what it's all about, right? You know, he's, especially with something like Date with Destiny, he's showing people how to uncover who you truly are by looking into your past, figuring out why you are the way you are, and then if that's not who you want to be going forward, figuring out ways to change it, which is awesome. So, um, yeah, before I ask my final question, where can people find all of your content and find you online? Absolutely. Um... I have, a, I, have a, I have a monthly coaching group. If people like what they hear today and they, they want to join me every, every week, I, I have two Zooms a week where I'm live with you and people get to interact and ask questions. And that's just that lwresults.com, just lwresults.com. And then um, on social media, it's great because I put out content every day. People can go to, to you know, Facebook, LinkedIn, or Instagram. Um, my Instagram is just Luke underscore Ren, W-R-E-N. Um, and, uh, you know, you can find me there, message me there, tell me what you took from this podcast, feel free to share it with anybody you know, love and care about. But if you want to join me weekly and, and, and go, hey, I, w- I want some accountability and, and a peer group that's, that's reaching for the next level on an ongoing basis, I have an incredible community with over 21 countries that we get together every Monday and Friday on Zoom. And uh, we can work together on a more ongoing basis at lwresults.com. Perfect. I'll have the links to those in the show notes for everyone too. And yeah, proximity is power for everyone listening. You know, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So definitely take a look into that because, you know, that core group of people that you're spending the time with could be the thing that prompts you to move the needle the most and you never know what you're going to learn. So um, yeah, final question. This podcast is called the SOTA Process Podcast, which is about sharing the processes on how people can live a more empowered and state-of-the-art life, which to me basically means to live a life above modern standards and feel that empowerment every day to take action on your dreams. But I'd be interested to know in your opinion, what does an empowered and state-of-the-art life look like to you? Authentically being you unapologetically. I think it's really finding your rhythm and going at your rhythm and go after what you want in life. Don't hold back. Like at the end of the day, you're not going to lay on your, I've never found somebody on their final day going, oh, I wish I hadn't done that. But I do hear a lot of people say, I wish I would have done that. I wish I would have went for it. What was I afraid of? Tomorrow's not guaranteed. Go for it today. Be you, do you, double down on you, believe in you, and go after, go after it. Sing your song, find your rhythm, and don't waver from it. Love it. Well, Luke Wren, thank you very much for joining me on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it, Tom. Hey, Sotarians, thank you so much for listening to that episode. 
Now, just quickly before you leave, please head over and subscribe to the podcast. That way you'll know exactly when the next episode is out so you never miss a beat. And also make sure you head over and give the podcast a review as well. That's going to help us to grow and expand the show and get your feedback on exactly what you want to hear from us, what guests you want us to get on, and how we can improve the overall listening experience for yourself. Now, if you took some value from this episode, please make sure you take a screenshot and post it on your Instagram story. Don't forget to tag myself at Coach Tom Evans and at The Soda Process so that we know you're listening and can get some instant feedback from the show. Also, while you're there, be sure to check out the awesome show notes we have down below. We've got a couple of different partners that are offering some awesome discounts on some products specifically for you as a listener of the podcast. All right, guys, you know what to do. It's time to get out there, define your greatness and be state of the art. Do you want more money? Sounds like a dumb question because the answer is an obvious yes. We all want to be earning more, but for a lot of us, we don't know how to do it other than working long hours and spending less money. And that doesn't really sound all that enticing, does it? But what if we could make money while we sleep? One of the best ways to do so is through investing. And one of my close friends has created a course that will teach you everything you need to know about investing. This is the fundamental investing course, and I honestly believe this is one of the most important tools you can get yourself. Speaking of investments, we all know that an investment in yourself is one of the best investments you'll ever make. And this course, Sotarians, is an investment for your financial future. By purchasing the fundamental investing course, you will receive your workbook, valuation spreadsheet, company research templates and checklists, access to the private Facebook community and live Q&As as well as a one hour Zoom call with the founder Josh himself, which all up is valued at over $4,000. But as a listener of this podcast, you will get all of this for $199. Yes, that's $199 at fundamentalinvestingcourse.com slash FIC special. This is your step-by-step guide to creating financial wealth and learning the fundamentals of value investing. Before going to Tony Robbins events, my old limiting belief was that investing was a place to lose money. But now, after listening to Tony and his team and learning from Josh directly, I know that investing is one of the most effective ways to make more money and achieve financial freedom. So head over to fundamentalinvestingcourse.com slash FIC special. That's fundamentalinvestingcourse.com slash FIC special to join the team of people on the path to financial freedom. The link is in the show notes, guys. Jump on it.